0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark and Dave. It is uh, episode number 42 with a very special guest. Rabia Massad is with us, and uh, thanks thanks for joining. I don't know why I'm yelling, but <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to be That's yelling. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm going to slow. I'm going to. It's my nerves. Sorry. So uh, <laughs> how you guys doing? How's everything going?
1: Good. You. I, I, you know, funny thing is during the daylight, and look, you know, this room with the lights overhead make me look like a lobster. <laughs> so you do look a little red. Face. I don't have, I don't have a red face. It's the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the lighting in the room.
0: As I was gonna say, and, you look like you've been out in the sun. Well, the a room
1: is red, so that's the problem. Everything reflects off the red.
0: So is that the red from the like the other side of that wall that you're on right now? Yeah. 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 Well, and also there's some lights above my head that are kind of
1: different colors, and one of them's red, so. Gotcha. At is night, it they... doesn't come off this
0: way, but with the daylight, it comes off more this way. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's a good, nice little sunburn.
2: Well, so, yeah, Rabia,
0: man. Rabia, what's <laughs> going on, man? How's your I've night?
2: Been, uh, yeah, I've been, um, just what I do during the day is basically I edit videos or shoot videos. So... um that's, um, play, uh, that's basically what I've been doing today is uh, editing uh, some playthrough videos for uh, my band uh, that we shot last week. So, not overly exciting, but, uh, you know.
0: Is that Dorje? To do,
2: that's uh, Tosca, which is um, oh. like a prog, instrumental prog band that oh, I've been okay. working on the last couple of years. Um, okay. uh, also in Dorje, so it's the three of us that we have been doing it for We've been playing together for, I don't know, like 13 years now, but this wow. band has been going maybe a couple of years, few, three or four years. So, yeah.
0: Super cool. Cool. Great. Yeah. So you're doing, you're editing video. Is that what you said? For,
2: yeah, I just, uh, we shot some guitar and bass guitar playthrough videos the other day for the songs that we've released and going to release. Um, so I'm just, it's just people seem to enjoy that kind of content on YouTube. So Mm-hmm. so that's why I've been working on getting those ready to go so yeah. I have
0: to I have to ask you like right off the bat because um you know you are you know a real big presence on YouTube I mean it's uh, you know obviously that's why I know of you um and yeah. uh and uh it was great to meet you by the way at Nam. yeah so yeah it was very cool thank you um and uh but, you know, how, how, do you, how do you handle that? Like, I'm just curious, like, you know, I'm sure. I mean, is it kind of like only in the Anderton store that when you're there, like, people are like, oh, there's Rubia. Or is it like wherever you are, people are like, oh, man, you're on YouTube, aren't you? I'm kind of curious, like, how is that, you know?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I appreciate the kind words, but I guess, like, with the Anderton stuff, that's definitely, when you're in store, yeah, the most people that kind of travel in, know of you because of the youtube stuff but then i don't know like yeah i'd say generally speaking in cities you tend to find that people uh, uh you might get spotted or recognized because there tends to be like a, a varied sort of amount of people in a city people that are into music so then they're going to of those people into guitar and x percent of those people into like the the nerdy gear stuff that might have seen you on youtube you know mm-hmm. um and where I live in Brighton, there's a music college, so you know quite a lot of the guitar students, you know, watch YouTube. Um, but I'd say, yeah, sometimes I get really surprised where where someone might go. Hey, you're that guy from YouTube. It might be like I remember once we were in Minnesota, with City Guitar. But uh, me and Matt, who I do the soundlight videos with, this must have been like two a.m. and we couldn't sleep. So we thought we'd go to, I don't know what it was, like a Seven Eleven, just like on the street on the street corner or whatever. Oh, it was like quite a big one. And we walked in and there was a guy on one of those like floor, uh, it like was cleaning the floor, but it's like a little tractor that he sat on. And he was just kind of cruising around, cleaning the floor. And then he sort of stopped <laughs> and like, you're on YouTube. And I was like, I couldn't be in it more of a random place right now that (laughs) spotted me (laughs) who i you know would looking at first glance would be like i don't think that guy watches youtube or plays guitar but alas he he did both of those things (laughs) that was quite strange that's funny man
1: it happen. it happens everywhere i mean i was you know with i've been with pete thorne a bunch and or it's just like hey i know you
3: (laughs) (laughs) and uh,
1: (laughs) and then uh uh and that and sort started getting that way with myself. Um, it's getting uh, like I'll go places and I go, Hey, you're blah 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 blah. I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how, how do you know that? Yeah, you, well,
0: you're,
3: sometimes
2: you're on all these
3: videos. Can,
1: can I have a picture? I'm like, Okay,
2: <laughs> yeah, I think for me, like, if it's at a gig where you'd kind of expect there to be people like that. It's all right. But sometimes if you're like, if I'm getting a coffee or something with my girlfriend in town and someone sort of comes over awkwardly and asks for a picture, it makes me awkward. Like, I suppose I'm quite approachable, I suppose, in a way. But if it's not in the context of something to do with music or being in the band or something like that, I find it quite (coughs) awkward. And in no way disrespect towards them or anything I'm just not used to that, I suppose, just out in the, in it, it just out and around, yeah, I find it's not in context, so it makes me feel almost a bit weird, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah,
1: it happens yeah. more and more I walked out of our grocery store and someone was screaming at me from across the parking lot.
3: no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I put all my groceries in the car and and he's like he's like hobbling up on a cane, yeah oh, wow. <laughs> he had, he had a, I don't know something wrong with his leg or something hobbling up on a cane. I just want to say I really like your amps and this and that. I'm like, oh, cool! Wow, (laughs) great! That's awesome. I mean, like, he had to come from across the parking lot. I I heard him, but I didn't know where. I was like, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's much better than he was like, "Hey, man, you know, can you fix my amp? (laughs) I got something wrong with." (laughs) So that's good. At least he recognized it. Um, yeah, um, that's good. Fine, it's fine. I can't. It's good stuff. I'm not complaining in any way.
1: No, it's good. It's just, it's a, it just, I find it odd at the places that happen sometimes. <laughs> like the
0: <yeah>. seven <laughs> eleven. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't happened to me, so I don't think we have that many followers yet. But uh but that's awesome, man. I you know it's a great exposure. Clearly you've um you've had a lot of exposure and uh, you know that's it's great. You know, I'm really interested in all the stuff that you guys do over at Andertons and, and all the spin-offs and you know the Chapman stuff. So um one request. For you, because uh, we have been getting some requests from people listening. Is that your volume's a little low? Um, oh,
2: really?
0: Yeah. So, do you think maybe you can use the headphones and try them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't. They don't have a microphone on them,
0: though. Oh, they don't. No. So then the, uh, that one won't. Then you mean like a st- headset? I can just talk.
2: I can just talk louder.
0: Yeah, or just get a little, little closer. To, or a little closer to the phone. You know, one way or the other. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Just wanted,
0: just wanted to ask because some people mentioned it. So, um, all right. So, I'd love to get to like the beginning um, with you, Rabia. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, we heard from uh, Lee Anderton when he came on of how he and Rob met you. Um, which I, if I remember correctly, I was I meant to go back and listen, but I wasn't able to. I believe it was at a pizza place or a restaurant somewhere that they yeah. met you. Um, okay, well, let's go even further back before that. So, like, how'd you get into guitar and and playing, and you know, when did you get into that, and like, t- you know, I'd love to hear more about you, you know, your history.
2: Okay. Um, well i started playing drums drums was the thing i was doing first um and i was doing that for i don't know i must have been about eight when i started drumming eight years old and um then i got into and that was like then then drums could just get pushed to one side and it was all just about skateboarding and i was doing that for a long time um and then i snapped a ligament in my knee um yeah. skating and it meant that i couldn't play drums because i needed to have my legs straight in a leg brace so that i yeah, so i couldn't use the hi-hat pedal mm. and my dad was a guitar player he had guitars lying around and i was just like needed something to do you know like because video games were just gotten too much and i was like i can't go out i can't skate Uh, I'm bored of all my games, so let's just pick up the guitar and see what happens. (laughs) And just start, you just start fiddling around, and just I don't know. I think because I drum, because I was drumming for so long, the rhythm side of my of playing was quite quick to grasp. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad showed me a couple of chords, and I think then get the hang of this. It's like I can play rhythm and stuff, and learn how to, you know, play a little chord progression. And then I kind of just started doing that a bit more and more. And then I think we were having some work done on the house, like uh, my family home. Um, and this guy that was doing the like the plumbing on the, in the house was like, oh, do you, have you ever heard of Metallica? I was like, no, not really. Like, kind of, but not really. And he was like, couldn't believe that. I'd... And the next day he came back with Master of Puppets on CD. And he's like, I'm working on your house for the next few weeks. So you just listen to this. And when I leave, I'll take it with me. But you just listen to it and you just yeah. you just let me know what you think. So I ended up just like sessioning Master of Puppets. And then I ended up like starting to try and work it out, you know, Battery and Master of Puppets and um, Damage Ink and stuff. And just trying to get my head round this band and then I cracked at the lead stuff. And I'm sure that it was abysmal at the time. But... <laughs> I think it was just that that idea of just like, I'm going to try and get through this. And then from then, it was like, started just looking into what else I could learn. So I think I picked up The Darkness, the first album, Permission to Land, because they were like really popular on, at the time. So then I started learning some of that and that was good for like pentatonic, you know, bluesy lead stuff. And it was like a classic rock album, but um, because I wasn't really like, that tuned into, you know, classic rock and and the and the heroes and the legends at the time. I just I just wasn't you know because I, I I didn't have exposure to that, irrespective of my dad being a guitarist. He was, you know, he 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 liked Pink Floyd and Clapton and Cream and mm. uh like Extreme and and there's like quite a range. But I don't know, like for me I, at the time, I kind of thought it was uncool to like like what my dad. Uh, <laughs> And my friend who lived around the corner was into guitar and he was into Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, Yngwie Malmsteen. So he dropped off a couple of albums Mm -hmm. and I think I listened to it and I was like, yeah, there's no way I can play this. This is just way too advanced for me. (laughs) But (laughs) it it got me like, it got me inspired to want to get that good. You know, I wanted to be able to play like that. Uh, And so I asked my dad if we could get some like tuition books and stuff. So um, one. my musicians institute and um i'd accidentally picked up the master class difficulty one Mm. we got and we we put the cd on in the car home and it's like they do like a slow track and then a fast track of the same exercise so we put it on and we didn't know and like listened to him like yeah this is easy i I reckon i'll be able to do this and then the next track it was played at like 240 beats per minute or something and it was just scary how good it was (laughs) but i think my dad was like look i paid for it you know, don't waste my money. So I uh, I just got stuck in and, um, yeah, just kind of just used that for reference and then just spent a lot of time working stuff out by ear and sort of nurturing that whole thing. And then my dad would always be like, he'd, he, you know, he was the one who said things like, make sure you use your little finger when you play, because I don't. And I know that if you do, you'll be able to play more things, Think, little tips and things like that. And then he would, you know, he'd be walking past my bedroom as I played I reckon you could do that better or that sounded good. And he'd sort of just guide me along the way. And I think mm. just a bit of that and then playing with friends and then just onwards and onwards. And then I went to music college for a bit. And at this point, I'd been playing but maybe five years. And then after college, then I got in a band and we moved into a house together and did all that. And then it wasn't until 2010 when I moved to the south of England, which is where I met Rob. So I'd been playing guitar. I don't know. I've been playing guitar now about 15, 16 years maybe now. Mm. So like, yeah, I moved down and moved down South and then, yeah, met Rob in a pub when I was working there and he wanted a pizza, which we served. So and mm. I'd seen it, I cause I was obsessed with Nuno Betancourt. I'd watched um, a demo that Rob had done on a Python skin N4 that was on YouTube, you know, cause he obviously, he was the main day. Uh So I knew him from that video, and that was the only Chappas video I'd ever seen, was this one of, an, of a Washburn N4 Python skin. And uh, I was like, I've seen you before somewhere. And then we got chatting, and then I suppose the rest is kind of, as they say, history <laughs> of <have> some description. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. So I have a question for you, because I also started out as a drummer going to oh, cool. guitar. So, uh, and I played drums for a really long time and it was uh, kind of a similar story. I hurt my back where I was having like a back issue playing drums and I decided to pick up guitar. Um, Now I'm a lefty and I play drums lefty, kind of weird. So when you said that you're, you're, was it your rhythm hand, like your hi-hat hand that is your rhythm hand on guitar?
2: Oh, I'm left-handed as well.
0: Oh, you're left-handed.
2: Yeah, but I played open-handed. Uh, okay,
0: so did I? That's how I played. Oh, really? So, yeah, so I played like my feet would be right hand. My feet are set up. The drum set was set up like a left, like a right handed set. Yeah. But well, I would back play then,
2: back. Back then, I used to play full lefty though. And it oh, really? Until, it wasn't until I met like Ben and from the band that he played open handed on a right handed kit. So that's right. why I, that's why I play like that now. But back then, I played a uh, full lefty kit. Yeah.
0: See what always tripped me up on that was setting it up righty was to go for a fill because you're supposed to lead with your hand right so if you're leading with your left hand going around a right-handed kit you kind of get yeah get get tripped up a little bit right so
2: yeah I mean I used to say I used to justify being like oh you can create some unique fills that you know no righties wouldn't be able to play but really yeah (laughs) 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 That's
0: that's funny as shit um. That's awesome. So, so, so then, so then you met Chappers and, and Lee and that that whole thing. And then, so, so from there, was that like a whole new path for you? Like, one, once from that kind of took took off. I mean, you you know, because it seems like like you said that was around what two thousand ten or so.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh I had no idea about gear or anything like that at the time. Um I literally. I had no, was uh, My girlfriend just walking past. <laughs> um, wasn't into gear really. Like I had my N4s because I had. That's what I mean. I was a Nuno huge fanboy. Like I had two N4s, and that's right. and that's what I played. And a Marshall JVM, and then I had, um, DD6, a DD7, and an old PH2 Boss, old Boss, and that was it. You know, I didn't care about effects and big pedal boards and. I had no idea what I was in for, but, you know, <laughs> back there. I, I, and meeting Rob and then never even in a million years thought I'd be doing like YouTube videos and stuff. And I think it was, it, it was his advice. He was the one that was like, oh, losing you there. He was the one that was like, um, you need to make a YouTube channel um, because, you know, I think that's a really good place for you to be. It's the new thing that, that I think is worth investing time in. Um, and eventually, you know, you, you won't have to work a day job because you know, you'll, you invest enough time and effort and passion into it, then it will reward you in more important ways kind of thing. And he was totally right. And, um, I just took his advice, but I didn't really think, yeah, videos for a living. I I had no idea that that would be my sort of day job, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just started doing the videos because that's what he suggested and you know then then I met Lee, Lee Anderton and then started doing video audio for Rob and Lee in their demos so every, any uh, Captain and Chapper's video you see is the I've mixed the audio for. And then from there there became um How about sound like came along doing sound like episodes with with Matt um because Lee called me and said we want you to do this series and you know, and then me and Matt, a friend of mine, got got on really well, and we always had a good laugh. So I thought it'd be cool to get him involved and, and talk about bands and gear and tone and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it just I it didn't really have an interest in scale lengths and guitars and outputs of pickups and like you know <laughs> different output tubes and all this stuff that like now I just. I know so much more about it and it's everything I do. But at the time I couldn't think of anything, I suppose less interesting for me at the time, but now it's the thing I find most interesting. It's just funny how world's well, huge now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Funny how stuff, how stuff turns out that way.
0: Do you think it's for the better or for the worse? Like, cause before then you didn't really care about it. You were just focused on music. And um,
2: I, I think I think it is for the better. I think because, like, even though, you know, we have knowledge of all these different types of guitars and gear and amp and pedals that we could use, I still very much use like Victory Kraken amps that I've used for however many years i have been out, and I use the same Strymon pedals for my effects, and I use the same fuzz, and I use, you know, you know, I stick to the same gear, even though I know of all these other types of gear I could use and. You could get option paralysis with all these different things. I still use the same stuff because if it's not broken, you, you don't need to fix it kind of thing. I, I kind of found the sounds. And I think there's enough options in all those pedals and bits of gear. Yeah, I'd just drive myself crazy if I just kept swapping, chopping and changing all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Although amplifiers is a different one. Like at home, I use I use the Victory stuff most of the time. But but I find that when I'm recording, you you can never have too many because like, yeah, on on a record it's so important to have all those different sounds. The same with guitars actually, which I've got. Kind of, in fact, on the other side of that question, you know, live and when you're playing, yeah, I can. Kind of, but in the studio, which is where I spend probably more time than I do on stage, um, I you know. guitars it's it's gone to a point where i'm like i I need to not buy any more guitars you know i always find a way of getting that guitar like the les paul was the last thing that i got and i said that after that i don't need another guitar and i've already decided i want a (laughs) gretch i
0: I am so with you on that um i keep saying and i'm i'm at like i've got 21 guitars okay I don't even know how. All bad. right. All right. So all right. So Rabia <laughs> just said, "Wow." All right. Now, how many guitars do you have, Rabia? Me. Yeah. Um personally, not like, you know, just Chapman got, you know, like guitars that have been yeah. given. Yeah. Cuz
2: yeah. if I included the Chapman prototype stuff, then it would be a lot more, but like um one sec. There's probably close, probably similar, maybe like 18. Okay. Like that, that are different, you know. And then there's a, there's a handful of Chapman prototypes of my signature that are just, that I have, you know. But if you count them, then, yeah, too many.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have, I I think I have around 18 also.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I'm at the, I'm at that. I'm just like, I'm, like, looking up at the wall, counting them. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess it is around 18 or so, maybe 20. Maybe I'm missing some.
0: Yeah, I, and that's why I'm, like, I don't think I can get another one. Oh, yeah. Even though I'd love to get a Gretsch, where I was looking at the Chapman guitars, uh, you know, so there were some of the pro ones. I'm, like, yeah, but, man, like, I am just maxed out on guitars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here. Well, here,
1: I can ruin, ruin your day a little bit. I, I do know someone at the Gretsch thing.
2: Oh, really?
3: <laughs>
2: oh no, I was uh, yeah. I've been one, I've been after a Gret penguin for so long, one like that. I could try out and go, Yeah, that's the one. Um,
3: oh, <laughs> no, Gretches are nice,
0: yeah, those are they're gorgeous. Um, all right, you know what? Let's go to a couple questions because I, I don't want to keep people in the chat waiting too long. Plus, um, Michael B uh, made a don- donation to the super chat, so thank you, Michael B. And he says, uh, Rebea, love the new Tosca."
2: Oh, cool! Thank you. So yeah. that, that's, that's that's awesome. That came out the end of the last. Cheddar
0: Kung
1: Pao also hmm. said, "Tone Talk rules. Bay rules."
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome guys! Thank you. Um, Uh, All right, let's go back to the beginning. I'm going to go to see if I can find some questions. But I want to thank uh, our moderators also tonight uh, or today. I
1: I have a question here I can answer because
0: it's to me. Sure. Um, Brian
1: Landreth says, please settle an argument. Does it hurt to leave an amp on overnight? I can't say how, but people are telling me different. Please settle this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, on standby or not on standby or, you know, what are you talking about exactly? The answer would be really no. It doesn't really hurt it. Um, you're not playing through it, and it's not running really hard at idle. Yes, it's getting warm, but it shouldn't cause any issues.
2: Why would you um, need to keep it on all night, though?
1: Like if they forgot, I think.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: You ever left the amp on? Oops, it came back. <laughs> like That was on for three days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever left it that long, but I, I have left an amp on all day like come home and like you know like it's been on like for four hours or so and be like wow i'm
2: Um, sure i heard a story that tundrax used to have his um, amp like transported on or something maybe it's complete nonsense
1: but (laughs) well it wouldn't be on if the cord wasn't plugged in so or the power you
2: know i'm sure they said that they, they used to transport it with like a with like a jenny or something and keep it on or something really yeah, Never heard that one. That's probably not true, then. Probably. Wow, not. that's interesting. <laughs>
0: that um, would be that why, would be qu- that so would be quite the demand.
1: We have one from Wyatt Willis. What's uh, Rabia's thoughts on neck-through guitars? Uh, do the Chapman neck-through models lack the snap in response like vintage neck-through guitars used to? I'm
0: not
2: sure what okay. that means
0: exactly, but maybe you
1: do.
2: Um. I've, to be fair i my viewpoint on that is that I actually use, depends on what i 'm trying to do, like for example, my first model with Chapman was a neck through, and I found that even though when I was using the same pickups, it had a smoother, less like uh, aggressive tone to it
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, so with the second model that I brought out with Chapman, I made sure it was a bolt on because I found that it was a snappier, more aggressive sound like it had more it, it for some reason it was brighter and it had a little bit more uh honk in the mids and and you know subtle but i i think there is a there is a big difference and what do i think about neck throughs i think if that's the sound that you want then you should use that
1: yeah i don't think i i agree i think i agree with everything you said but i wouldn't have any experience with chapman but the the other guitars i've had over the years yeah neck throughs are kind of smooth and it's very yeah they're exactly what you said i find
2: yeah yeah i think chapman neck throughs are probably the same as any other neck through
0: (laughs) yeah i like neck through guitars i mean um i don't know if i like them any better than a than a bolt on although i will say that when it comes to pricing though like i always had this in my mind that A neck-through guitar should be more expensive, and a bolt-on guitar shouldn't be as expensive as a neck-through guitar. Like for some reason, that just
2: well, because of the construction time.
0: Yeah, the amount of time that it takes to construct it, and you know,
2: yeah, or even a less. uh, To be
0: honest, I'm not really sure that it.
1: The construction time. It's questionable if it's really any more or not.
2: Really.
0: That's interesting. So, like a Les Paul wouldn't take any longer than to make a separate neck and, like a Strat so neck Les and Paul, body.
1: Well, well a, a Les Paul is a, is a separate neck, so it's made just like a, a bolt-on neck. It's a glued-in like, neck, right? It, right. The right. process, so, and am gluing the neck in. So, right. But but a neck, set neck and a set neck, you're still making the same pieces, sort of. So you're you're making one one neck really long, so to speak.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> With a truss rod in part of it uh it's still sort of one process especially if it's cut on a cnc machine uh you are gluing the two sides on so okay maybe it's a little bit more time Um, yeah good good question
2: yeah i do think that that that's but then again if you're
1: making a body and it's a multiple piece body you're gluing the two parts together anyway
2: yeah, I think you've just completely debunked this whole price difference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it used to be back in the day, like, you know, when I say back in the day, that, that could be mean for me, like the 80s and 90s. But I'm talking more like, you know, 10 years ago or so, or maybe 15 years ago, you would find a, you wouldn't see like three dollars or $4,000 bolt-on neck guitars.
1: No. Right. Not a long time ago.
0: Yeah, it was it was more you know like the Les Pauls or you know or even like you said some of these neck through guitars like some of the Jacksons and things like that, which could be up there. But it was uh, yeah. And then suddenly like the Sirs started popping up and the Andersons and some of these other boutique like uh, I can't can't think of or, I mean obviously Friedman's in there, but that's more recent, you know. But I'm just just it seemed. That's kind of i think that why my perception was like that so
2: yeah uh, what can i yeah, tell you yeah i kind of agree like you know the Friedman stuff not just because you're on the air but i have been trying that stuff down at anderton's and it's uh it's mighty fine i must say <laughs> it and is pretty used, awesome yeah we used one on uh on a sound i'm pretty sure we use one on a sound like and sometimes when we're shooting demos at anderton's i will we'll go grab one because there's like a P90 one with a Floyd in it, which is really fun.
0: Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those cool. are cool. What is it, like a Tele style? I
2: think it's a... I think it's a Strat type, but it's like a sky blue metallic relic with, a, with metal P90s and a Floyd.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think I know the guitar you're talking about.
0: Wow. Yeah,
2: it's tasty, man. I like it. <laughs> that's cool.
0: Yeah, Grover makes killer stuff with Dave. Hey, I want to uh, give a... Uh, I, I was going to say shout out, even though I hate saying that. Um, Riley Loa Acura, um, they were saying that uh, you're their biggest influence from Britain, and they inspire uh, you. Inspire them to play so much, Rubia. So thank you. Uh,
2: I, I I always like as much as I really appreciate that. I never know what to say when someone says that because it's just so like, what did you say? Like other than thanks, you know? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. it's it's I feel very humbled and fortunate to be able to to provide that to somebody as a player. But you feel like, I feel like I should say something more than just thanks. You know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tough, you know. But like you're humble, so you you know, it's hard to respond to that. Yeah, but that's that's great. It's great they feel that way and that you're doing that. So. I think it's awesome that, you know, the whole Andertons and the and the spin-off videos that you guys have done, it has brought a lot of interest and I'd say um inspiration probably to a lot of people out there to play guitar. You know, it, and that's why when when people were saying, "Oh, guitar's dead." Yeah, bullshit. You know, there's uh-huh. a whole there's, there's such a a community of guitar players out there. So I think
2: one of the things that I've observed is that maybe I, when I was learning and was getting inspired to play, YouTube didn't exist really. There was no YouTube. There was no.
3: I remember oh, wow. when I first
2: discovered Google Video, and that blew my mind that I could find like Nuno videos by just typing in his name and seeing a bunch of extreme live footage. That completely blew my mind. Because up until then, I was just like listening to the CD and working it out. And so I think sometimes it's hard to. Th- for me, at least, to gain the perspective of what it would what it is to be inspired by something like Anderton's TV, for example, you know, I'm not saying it's not inspiring. It's just, it's hard to gain that perspective because it's not something I've ever, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side of it, I guess.
0: Right, right. So people are asking me if I can do something with the the audio, um, and I'm looking here and. I have no idea how to do it, people. <laughs> so,
2: what's wrong? What's wrong with the audio?
0: They're just saying that you're a little low. Um, I say just turn it up a little louder. That's all. He's it's it's so minimal. It's hard to.
1: I mean, I, I'm hearing it okay. I don't.
0: Yeah, I hear it fine, but I'm just we, going. We, yeah. You know,
1: we we had a question from someone, but then he in the super chat, but then he deleted the message, and he, and and I don't remember who it was, but he did give us two dollars. Uh, he, he 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 had said he had said what why does it matter what pickup you use and I'm like going well they all sound very different yeah and uh, whether it's a weak more vintage pickup or a hotter pickup or uh, you know they radically sound different not all pickups sound the same it can totally change the character of a guitar so uh, yeah there's so my people- answer for that I don't know why he answered maybe he thought it better and deleted it but
2: i think some people downplay the i think some people downplay what it takes to make a good pickup i've you know like some people like oh it's just copper and magnets you know and wines around the magnets and, and i just i just yeah, disagree. No. I, think, I just think like you know we, you could have two of the same guitar with completely different pickups in it and, the, and the guitar just sounds one guitar could sound a bit dull and a bit like not inspiring it. And the other one, the exact same one with different pickups can just sound full of life and just yeah. make you want to play it. You know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in finding the right pickups for the guitar, you know,
1: for the particular even guitar. The
2: would... Yeah. Even if the Find, finding means... the
1: right pickup for that particular piece of wood. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like totally different than what you thought it would be. And all well, that pickup works really good in that guitar.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah when aesthetics get involved then it, you then you struggle because you're like oh well it sounds good but it needs the carbon fiber cover
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it sounds like crap again yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah i i've been there i've been there um i i usually just go with how just whatever if it sounds good i just
2: leave it yeah I and agree. forget
0: and yeah. forget about the aesthetics
2: Sometimes if wow. I feel I'm not getting enough out of it, I'll then I'll opt to change the pickups and my go to is, is bare knuckle pickups. I've used bare knuckle for mm-hmm. twelve years now, so
0: Oh they're great pickups. Yeah. They are fantastic pickups.
2: Yep. yep. Good. I've got a s
0: I've got a pair of the uh juggernauts. Oh yeah. <laughs> in my um in a Jackson guitar. You know those juggernauts? I think they're Misha.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I use rock, yeah. I use the his he's got a set called the Ragnarok I use in my baritone as well. Um they just sound chunky and clear, actually. Mm. Surprisingly mm. clear. Considering the yeah. music that periphery play is brutally heavy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, the pickups are great. I mean, even though they're high output, they are very high output. I think they're probably like between sixteen and eighteen K. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're pretty pretty high output. I didn't, and when I got it, I didn't even realize it. I just like the way they looked. Going back to aesthetics, <laughs> oh, those look cool. I'll buy them, yeah. Because they had like, um,
1: let me spend I mean, they, multiple hundred dollars on it and don't know.
0: <laughs> well, the guitar was, a, you know, it was a custom shop, Jackson. It was that silver sparkle that I have, Dave. Oh, okay, yeah. So, you know, it was kind of like, oh, if I want the guitar, I just kind of have, and the pickups already look cool as shit anyway, because they had like these. Light bulbs on were engraved in them. So I was oh, like, uh. you, got,
2: you got the proper signature ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So they look great, you know. So I was like, All right. Yeah. Let's get that. But, and still, they sound cool, even, but they are super high output. So just the different thing. Um, I wanted to mention uh, Gonzalo Corte, uh, Cortevez. He said, Hi there from Chile. Friedman and Chapman artists down here. I met Dave and Rabia at NAM. Uh, I Gave You My Music, um, and Dave a Bottle of Nice Pisco. (laughs) Awesome show. Ah, yes, I know him. Mm -hmm. I
1: remember the Pisco. See, you know, it's always about the bottle of booze that someone gives you. (laughs) I mean, if if you're a drinker, it's always about, trust me, it's always about the the bottle. Oh, yeah, that was good. I remember him. (laughs) That's funny. Yes, thank you. We, We enjoyed that. That was good.
0: Um, Rayleigh Shred has uh, the question of how's the Les Paul custom do you still play it a lot
2: it's funny you should ask because I just restrung it about 15 minutes it's just here yeah oh so very know. nice yeah I uh I absolutely love this guitar I, I I've i always struggled with Les Paul's for, for years and years never finding the one that play them they're always a bit of a fight and not in a good way and um there was a 78 les paul in the studio when we were tracking the last album i uh, fell in love with it but the owner would not sell it to me like he just apparently misha had also tried to buy it off him when they tracked there and he just wouldn't sell it so i was hmm. like okay i know, i now need to find the same exact 78 les paul went on a mission and ended up finding this one which is actually a 71 um i, I love better. it so
0: yeah <laughs> that's cool actually it's even better Probably seventy-one.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting guitar. It just—I don't really know its history. It had a neck break in it and stuff, but they've mm. repaired. I got it from Norms, and um, apparently, it sometimes makes them better. But I wouldn't know. I just know it's a good guitar. <laughs> so.
1: Neck breaks always make them better, it seems. Apparently, and and it, and it costs less.
2: Yeah, actually, <laughs> that was.
1: But why, why does it make it better? I mean, I have to ask. I question. have no idea. You know what? I, I don't have an answer for that. But every Les Paul that has a broken neck on it always seems to be better. Yeah. I don't. I, I This is going back with a lot of people. And I, I, I'm i not sure. Maybe it's just a, maybe it's not true. But it's I, I don't know.
2: It could be something to do with it effects, the resonation of the guitar, the resonance, even resonation, yeah. the resonance of the guitar. You
1: created a new word.
2: I did. <laughs> maybe, maybe because glue is injected into the neck, that it just affects that somehow. And 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 a lot of Les Pauls are quite, quite bright, quite honky. Um, yeah. Maybe that maybe that helps him, and people think it sounds better. I don't know.
1: So we have our pickup guy back here, Clint Biscuit eighty one. <laughs> now I never remember the name. But what um, it is? What is it about that pickup that makes it work? And he's got a little smiley face there. So what pickup are you talking about?
2: Yeah, which pickup?
1: Or are you guys? Are you just messing with us? Uh.
0: <laughs> but what is it about that pickup that makes it work? What pickup? Yeah, you have to be more specific. You don't have to donate any more money, but just tell us what. I mean, if you want to, you can. But um, either that, is someone messing with us. <laughs> Uh, we did have another super, uh, super chat. Malcolm Tavares, uh Rabia, I should say. Sorry. Uh, TC Mimic Pedal. Do you think it's worth it with clean tone and how the Ox compare with the Waza Tube Expender? I would say I would say live use it. It's priority. I'm not sure what that means. Um. So I
2: think the two part question: the mimic, the TC Mimic, is a stereo doubler. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh, stereo in and out and it basically adds a sample delay if rig or even if using a one-amp rig but i use it in a two-amp rig and it it literally gives you a a sample delay to the other amp so you get a wider sound that's Mm -hmm. literally that's literally why i use it it just widens the dual amp rig Um, do you use it
0: on um, clean tones as well
2: yeah it's just on all the time all all the time yeah because it's that it's that thing where it's like mono signal into stereo amps. If you can split them a tiny bit, get a bit more width, specifically for my cause I delay and reverb too. So yeah. tends to uh, can, you can get some phasing issues, um, but generally speaking, I think it works. So it's worth it if you want a more width. Um, the ox versus the tube amp expander, well. Uh, the Ox is a studio tool that is, uh, people do use them live, but they are designed specifically for the studio, and they're also designed for more of that boutique, old vintage gear and stuff. They don't use a, they don't have a v V thirty speaker model in the Ox, Uh-oh. which I was surprised about, but it's because they use the Incense and Alnico blues and and like all sorts of other models for more vintage tones. So um whereas so the tube That's interesting. Expander, they don't
0: they don't have a v- a V thirty in there.
1: No, only no. a
2: greenback cabinet. Yeah, which and I personally don't like greenbacks alongside uh it's not I don't I would always use a V thirty over a greenback.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and I was so I was really surprised, but they just didn't you put one in. Whereas the tube amp expander is um I think it's a little more modern, geared towards modern use maybe the other cool thing about it is that you can uh, insert effects like you could, cause there's a cab through on it, right? On, on both. So you could plug your amp in and then out into a cab and you can monitor that attenuate yeah. it and, and so on. Whereas the ox has effects that don't come out of the cab. They come out of the XLR left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on the tube amp expander, somehow they, you can insert effects to come out the cab so if you've got an old plexi that doesn't have an effects loop but you want to put a a hell of a lot of reverb and delay into you into it you can do that with the tube amp expander so that's kind of cool
3: and it's
1: great too i I did some extensive testing and stuff with them in the studio we have here uh about listening to the loads and stuff different loads um we compared loads of various products and a Mm. static ir from some other source so yeah. we were just comparing the loads and I could switch between it with an amp switcher that was actually just switching the loads. Uh and with a real cabinet like way off in an ISO room. And by far the closest to the real cabinet was the boss. Really? It, it was it 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 like almost nailed it exactly. So oh,
3: wow.
1: it seemed it seemed like the best load of all the ones we compared, at least. Wow. Kind of, that speaks of-
2: Don't feel that surprised because like boss have just been around for so long. You'd think they do their uh, homework well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went to, we went there. We went to Hamamatsu, Japan in September last year Uh to meet these guys. And it's like so intense. They Mm. are so knowledgeable, just geared. It's just like so engaged in it. You know, you can ask them anything and they'll do their, they'll do their best to answer it. Yeah. Can, yeah, so i that, think yeah.
1: I, I, that pro, that product hasn't hit the market
2: yet though right it's still coming.
1: it's coming soon coming, coming real soon, soon. uh yeah. yeah i mean i can't wait because it's it's a really well thought out product extremely well thought out yeah and, and someone uh, just uh sorry dave go ahead i don't think there's any minuses about the product really
3: mm. i think
1: they
0: really batted it out of the park
3: yeah yeah, yeah. yoshi
0: is they're just
1: killing it
3: yoshi
0: yeah. is and boss are just killing it um Bemo said Dave did you try the fryette load box? I mean I have the uh the Fryat Power station
1: fryette load box is great um my yeah. favorites are the fryette and the boss so um
2: I use but they're different
1: notes. different things I mean the boss comes with a lot more stuff that you can use you know the fryette load box is just a load box
2: yeah yeah i I use the two notes torpedo stuff at home mm-hmm. um it's not a ten, it's not an attenuator, but um, I find them really good, really handy.
1: Yeah, they work well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean
1: all that stuff works well. It just you you, you pick the IR that kind of works with the load yeah. that's in it, and you find the one that sounds good. Um, if you're starting to compare loads just on their own, then you find the weaknesses and some stuff. Um, but. It's not to say you can't just pick a different IR that sounds a different way to use with this other load. It's all kind of
3: all good.
2: Yeah, you can get so <laughs> lost and so – you can go into such detail on that stuff. I just – sometimes I sit there and go, does it sound good? Yes. All right, fine. I'm just go with it. It. Play, play <laughs> it. Right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I think the Fry-Up Power Station is fantastic. I use it. Yeah. Um, and I was considering getting an Ox. But then I, I, I heard about the Boss, and I was like, I may hold off on that one
2: day. Yeah, They're about the same price, right?
0: I, I think so, roughly,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
1: I mean, the
2: best thing you can do is just wait and try them both and see which one you prefer.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: But I, I do, do like the believe...
0: yeah. – go ahead. No, it's good. Sorry.
2: Um, I do believe that the uh, attenuator is not uh, fixed to a notch like it is on the Ox.
0: I also read that yes yeah that's a that's a big that's the big um, one of the biggest criticisms of the ox is that the attenuation can go either too much or not enough
2: mm. yeah I think on the bus it was just if I remember correctly it's a continuous
0: continuous, a continuous style yeah yeah that's how the power station is as well which is a great product; it really is, and, and I love the fact that it has an, a loop. A loop, also, like you were mentioning before, like the Boss one, where you can.
1: Yeah, it's it's similar. Similar. They they did their homework between those two units.
3: Uh.
2: <laughs> I've never I've never tried one before, uh, that I, I don't think because the only store I ever go to is Anderton's because it's like mm-hmm. it's where I work sometimes. So I they don't stock them there. So I've never actually tried one. Yeah.
3: Mm.
0: They should stock them. Although it's probably the import stuff that
2: prevents it I
0: imagine um so there was a question about your bands um and I it was about going on tour were you planning on going on tour with either uh here it was um I want my two dollars and dude I love that name that's awesome I don't know if anybody's gonna get that I want my two (laughs) dollars uh did did anybody else get that I want my two dollars Uh, it's a good name, but where is it from? Is it from something? It's from a movie called, um, it's from an eighties movie called better off dead.
2: No, I don't
3: know. Oh, okay.
0: Do you remember that movie with John Cusack? I probably saw it. Yeah. It's, it's van. They have a, they have a famous scene of Van Halen, but everybody wants some, the guys in the hamburger joint and he falls asleep. And, uh, they play Everybody Wants Some and like these hamburgers are dancing and stuff. It's really a stupid movie. Maybe I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> that I'll sounds post. crazy. It's actually a really funny video. But um, any plans on Dorje or Tosca touring in the US?
2: Um, the short answer would be yes. Um, we are planning a tour. Tosca is planning a tour uh, for the US in uh, October, November. But, uh, but like, I'm not really meant to say anything, but I just thought I would.
0: <laughs> nice. Exclusive right here.
2: Yeah. There yeah, you go. That's awesome. It's not fully officially announced, but it's, uh, it's in the works. So.
0: Very cool. Well, I'd love to come see you guys.
2: That's great. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: That'd be cool. Um, we have a question for Dave. My neighbors are going to kill me while I'm asleep. Uh, one when- when will I be able to play buy a Friedman amp with a built in attenuator? Probably we have never.
1: master volumes, turn them yeah. down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I think I I've got this 100 watt head right here, and I play it sometimes when everybody's asleep. Yeah, very so quietly. It, yeah, it works well. it's fine. Um, that's one of the best features about these Friedman amps is it sounds amazing at a very low volume. Um, Dave's not going to say that, but I won't.
3: No, yeah, it does.
0: Uh, yeah. There, um, and Rabia, uh, you are a true hero, uh, he says. And this is uh, H-R-G-L-P. I can't read the name. So it's like a whole bunch of letters. Right. Um, so anyway, um, so tell us more. So about the bands. Uh, so you said you've been playing with these guys for like 15 years?
2: Yeah, I um, before we moved down south and met Rob, me and to, and the two guys, Dave and Ben, who and we uh, we met up north in a different band and play, started playing together, writing together, and then um, we've always just you know, like when you it's kind of like when you find that unit of musician, uh, you kind of just Get that pocket between you when you play, and that timing, and just—it was always easy, you know, to just play and write together. So we just didn't really ever feel the need to venture out with mm-hmm. another band, as such. We've we've always stuck together in such to the point where we've moved down the country together, and always stuck and lived in the same area, even in the same house for seven years. You know, we're like brothers, really. Even though nowadays we were we live in separate places, and we have all sorts of drummer has it as a, has a baby daughter now mm-hmm. and like we've all kind of grown up a bit but we met when we were 17 and we're still playing still touring so it's cool
0: that's awesome yeah that's rare
2: yeah there's definitely been some questionable moments and times where you're like this could all fall to shit now but generally speaking we um i think we've we've been through enough together that we probably will always want to play music together so um and that's what we this stuff, you know, before YouTube and all the rest of it. So, I think it's nice that we can still go on tour and still play gigs together and actually sell records and stuff like that. Is a very, it's a bit of a blessing, really. So, yeah, yeah
0: that, that's awesome. That's awesome. By the way, um, Joe Guinan. What's, oh, up? Yeah. what's up, Joe? He said, "Happy birthday, dude!"
2: Oh, for God's sake!
0: Is it your birthday? <laughs> so you
2: guys were you were, you guys were when we were in america at the nam show they kept we'd go out for these meals on the evening you know at the nam show you always do that you know you you finish the show then you go get like a a meal somewhere whatever with with different people different groups whatever And some for some reason one night like second night in they decided that they'd get them to sing happy birthday to me even though it wasn't my birthday (laughs) my birthday is not till may so this started one night and we're like and i'm like this is really embarrassing Night they did it again, and I'm like, "This is getting, this is just really massive." And then, literally, from like the Friday till when we left to come back to England, every night at the uh, restaurant they sang me "Happy Birthday," and they did it once, <laughs> twice in the same night with two different staff members. And then we get on the so so we're all, we're all like done, you know, ready to come back to England all that kind of stuff. I'm sat in the sat in the in the Aeroplane getting all my stuff ready, get my headphones on, get my music on, and then you just hear this British Airways team would like to uh raise a special announcement for one of our uh, customers, Rabia. uh It's his birthday, so British Airways want to say happy birthday, and I'm just like, This
3: is ridiculous! <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the whole time,
1: that's great. N- now you have even worse problems because now everyone knows, right. <laughs>
2: get comments and the like, YouTube videos. People are like, happy birthday. And like, Joe's just like, thanks, Joe.
0: That's hysterical. Like by the like the second night or like by the third night we, at the restaurant where you're like walking in, like, it's not my birthday. Tell everybody it's not my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> or did you go with it?
2: Um, I kind of did for the first couple of times. But then I, I think at one point, because I was tired from the show, I was just like, God damn it, guys. This is not my birthday.
0: <laughs> Please stop this. <laughs> that's funny yeah. uh, Joe's a good guy that's awesome he is um, so let's see um, so alright so what What exactly do you do? I'm curious what exactly do you do with Anderton's you know I know you do the videos and stuff you don't work at the store right or you do work at the store I'm much, I'm, no
2: so some yeah, I there's a bit of confusion. Some people do think I work at Anderton's, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not a staff member. I literally, I travel up maybe once a month, either with Chappers to do the videos together, and I do the audio engineering for that, or I go up with Matt Hornby, who we shoot the sound like videos, or I'll go up on my own and shoot videos with Pete. Mm-hmm. I literally, I'm one of the pre- I'm one of the presenters on Anderton's TV. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll go up when I'm available and when they want me to do videos, basically. So That's a great gig. The sound like stuff, if you know about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's a lot of fun because, you know, sometimes it's stressful, but like when you've got to do, like for example, Zeppelin, when we did Zeppelin on, on 1,500 pounds, you're like, right, I've got to get an amp, a guitar and the right pedals to sound like. And then you choose just like a couple of riffs You know, and then you just gotta dial it in and then when I get home and I'm sat in front of my with my mixing, you know, I'm doing all the mixing, then I've gotta try and too much to the audio other than some simple EQ and compression to try and make it sound like the record. And sometimes you nail it and you sat there going, I've nailed it and then other times you're like they're just going to comment saying this sounds nothing like the band,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they're so honest as well.
0: Yeah, that's not. Uh, yeah, the comment section can always be brutal. Well, so uh, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, sometimes you don't want to look. Because yeah, um, th- sometimes it's just, man, people are mean. Sometimes, downright yeah. mean. They can get they can get personal. They can get mean, and it's mm-hmm. just like, wow, okay. We're just trying to make you know fun guitar products for you guys. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> just,
3: and also like like, people Jesus.
2: like, thanks for the free video as well. They always comment. Some people to, in reply to these troll comments like, you do realize they're doing this for you for free?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on top of it, I meant to ask Lee the lat when he was on the show last um, uh, several months ago. I guess um, I don't think that they monetize their channel. Oh, I don't
3: Andertons.
0: see, yeah. So, because I don't see advertisers on their channel, like when you go into an Anderton's video, mm. it goes. It just goes right on. Yeah. Like you don't. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't see ads on their on their videos. Which uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I.
2: But it, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't deal with any of the admin side of their channel. Hey, yeah. we
1: haven't. We have another top chat question from Travis Ward, which. Um, bare knuckles pickup, would you recommend for Prague style
0: lead? That's you.
2: Uh, I mean I use the Warpig, which is the it's a 20 21.5k output humbucker. Um,
3: <laughs> wow. But
2: it's it's surprisingly dynamic. I, I honestly it is surprising. But all, I've also got I've almost got to the point now where it's too much. But I would recommend something like maybe not the maybe not the war pig. Maybe I'd go something a bit softer, but like you could try the nail bomb. You could try that. That's that's good. The the painkillers are good as well. They got good mids. Um and the crawl also very good for lead. So there's a few. Yeah. vh 4 okay. that's, that's
1: cool. Oh, here's another one for you, um, from Joe Harvey eighty four. What pick do you use?
2: Huh. Well, uh, up until very recently, I was using uh, Hawk picks, which are these. Um, they're made like. Um, remember red picks? Do you remember those? They. Uh, which picks? The red bear. Do you remember? Mm hmm. Well, they're made from like a synthesized milk protein called casein, and they're like these are handmade. They got a little face image on them and stuff, oh. and they're really cool. But they're expensive and they're handmade. And I, although I was getting them sent to use when I run out uh, on tour, you go through them like nobody's business. I felt really badly asking for new picks and knowing that they were handmade. Just, so two weeks ago, I I decided it was. Time to, to move on. So, actually, now I'm uh, working with, well, I'm not working with anybody, but I am in talks with a couple of people. I can't say anything yet, but I'm trying out new picks. So,
3: mm.
2: I've got all these, right. The, well, the well, there you black, go. Black ones that are, they have no logos on. So, you would not, you won't know who makes them, but they're good.
0: You know, which pick I, I just tried out and I'm really digging it is, um, the Dunlop flows.
2: Oh yeah, what one is it? that?
0: It's
1: this. If anybody oh, can see okay. it, yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen that one
0: before. Um,
2: the JP one—that's a flow pick. Yeah, yeah, they're
3: good.
0: Yeah, they are very good, and I find them that for like pick scrapes, like if you're doing, you know, just they don't—it doesn't chew up the pick. Mm. So it actually will stay pretty structurally sound after like you know really doing some scrapes on the guitar so i like i
2: used i used the jazz 3xl shape for a long 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 time uh because i found that to be just right for lead and rhythm but Mm -hmm. um i've been messing around with this jp pick actually a lot recently and it is good it's slightly like it's like these bits at the bottom are like wider We're getting really specific, but it is true. Like, pick is everything when it comes to uh, guitar playing.
0: It makes a difference. It really does. Oh, they sound yeah. radically different. Yeah. yeah. The other, the other pick that I tried recently, which I thought were really cool, were um. And by the way, we do get really geeky on this show, Rubia. That's you All know. Good? <laughs> <laughs> um, are the uh, Graph Tech? Oh yeah. Tusk.
2: Picks. Yeah. Yeah
0: and they say like they they refer to them as like harmonically rich picks or something like that and i have to say they're pretty durable picks and have a, a unique sound to them as well so they're pretty cool if you want to try something different as well
2: yeah i i um I also i'm just try... i'm just
0: one that likes a fender medium
3: pick
2: oh yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i i've got one of those it's right here Standard cellulose, you know. Yeah, I bought a bunch of these.
1: Yeah, except except yeah, my I, personal preference is the one that looked like confetti.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the the red, white, blue, and black ones. And
1: and here's well, yeah, they're yeah, red, white, yeah, red, white, and blue, and and all the colors. But but here's why: if you drop them on the floor, you know where they oh, are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And so in yeah, the, I, in our shop here, that's a good thing. <laughs>
0: Are you going to say, Robert? Uh,
2: I find picks are too big for me now. I'm so used to these jazz three XL that, and they're only marginally smaller than a standard size pick. But it feels clumsy now using a big one. It's well, I say big. I just mean like a normal one. Going yeah, bass guitar. Yeah,
0: it's funny. For a while, I was using I was using the jazz threes, and then I went to I tried those V-pec, V V picks. Oh you yeah. Try and, and then they'll enter the Gravity Picks, which are kind of similar to the V-Picks, but they're really thick, and they don't have any flex, too, too yeah. thick. Yeah, so I was like, I need, I need something that has a little bit of flex to it, you know? So, at least for me. Yeah. That's cool. Um, let's see if we have any other questions.
1: Uh, Rich Stelman says when's the NoHo 24 available and will Sweetwater be carrying um, yes and now and some are going out the door ooh nice so and I think we were holding some of them because we were doing some pictures or some things with them um, and here's one another top chat uh, for Rubia's uh, what's Rubia's favorite modern metal song And what is his favorite classic rock song? Uh,
2: That's such a hard question. Um, Modern metal. I I don't even know what constitutes as modern metal these days. Um, Classic rock song is a bit easier, I'd say, but there are too many to count. But what I was listening to recently, actually, was Now I'm Here by Queen, which is a great classic song. That's a great one. Mm. It's got a wicked riff in it. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But also, like, oh, I don't even know. I can't answer that question. There's too many. I can't even think. I, I keep going. Oh yeah, but that one. But that's not my favorite because there's that one. Oh yeah, but that one. Yeah, I don't know. What
1: See, I don't you? think I don't think I would have a modern metal song.
0: See, I do. You do? Yeah, Firepower yeah. by Judas Priest. New, modern, new, but is new that album.
1: modern metal? No,
0: <laughs> well, I'm thinking it's I mean, modern, like well, meaning think, it's
1: a recent record, but it's
0: not modern metal. You're it's, right, it, it's it, not it, modern, it,
1: metal. It, it's a recent record. I would think a modern metal band, and my problem is I just don't, I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I don't listen to them
0: generally, so I'm not, as you, can, as you can tell, I'm still stuck in the 80s with Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I, I, I would say. I would say "Goliath" by Carnival, which was from 2009 on an album called "Sound Awake." That's, that's
1: well. You know what? Wait a minute. I, I, I would. I no, I wouldn't know this. I'm not thinking of the song, but I, you know, but like, um, oh wow, yeah, "Mental Block." Now, band just went out of my head. Now I can't even. Mm. Um.
0: Pressures. I'll on. get
1: back to that when I think of it. <laughs>
0: okay what was the one that you mentioned
2: rubia song called goliath by uh, carnival um
1: it's carnival, a good song
2: carnival's cool yeah tool great song
1: um, yeah um
2: but yeah i was gonna i had a question for dave mm-hmm. actually <laughs> what's your favorite amp that you make
1: that's impossible
2: <laughs>
1: that's impossible. Uh the one that we're about to make.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, it always, is, it always, is it always the new one that's the favorite?
1: Uh no. You know, in general, the funny thing is, in general, I, I tend to like uh, simple amps.
3: Oh
1: yeah. Um, I'm a more one or two sounder kind of simple control layout. I make amps for other people that, you know, have more options and controls and switches. But for me personally, one one channel might be fine even. Right. Um, so, yes, there's an amp we're about to do that I'm kind of excited about.
2: Awesome. Mm.
1: <laughs> Sweet. That's all you can if, say. If some people think about it, they'll know what it is.
3: Mm.
0: Okay. red. Oh, <laughs> I figured it out. Nice. Um, here's a, here's a question for Dave, actually from Earfus. Nice name Or Earless. Earless? earless. Oh, you see Earless. That's too I'm bad for you. Either so. one is good. <laughs> um, Dave, why are your, tu- why are tube ODs not popular? Size, price? Good question. it's notorious
1: for all companies that ever have released a tube O d pedal that they wind up discontinuing it because of because of the lack of popularity uh, I, I, maybe size maybe how they're powered maybe price um, but that's the best I can say. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Um, hey, someone in the chat got who I was talking about.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, nice. Uh, so I, I just want to ask this question because I, I'd rather ask the question than avoid it. Uh, bat, bad Brad said, "Is Chapman guitars being re- uh, recalled for quality issues?" I didn't hear any issues for um, crap Chapman guitars. I, as a matter of fact, I've heard great things about Chapman guitars.
2: No, I mean, the only thing that's changed recently is we've brought out V2 of the standard range, which is from Made in a Different Factory in Indonesia, because Rob wasn't happy with the consistency. It wasn't the quality that was being shipped out. It was just that the consistency of the runs that they were doing was up and down and he didn't want that to be the case so we found a new factory and now they're being made there so um v2 came was launched like two months ago and people they're just hitting stores now so no we've never had that i don't know where you had that
0: yeah because even the v1s were good quality you're just saying that the ones that didn't make it out
2: yeah there was just too many that didn't make it out of the factory right what what we're saying yeah yeah exactly so you I went, the I went to Indonesia and yeah. and checked out the production line at the factory and um, yeah you know it was that kind of thing where you'd you'd try them and you'd be like yeah this could be better and then it would go back and come back to you about fifteen minutes later and it's like still not right and and then there would be ones that were great you know that sounded and played really good and so I think Rob was just basically saying at this point the the, the company's growing so fast that they can't afford to they literally can't afford to have that many guitars fail QC in the factory, mm-hmm. you know? So irrespective of the ones that ended up in the customer's hands that were good, it was like, we'd rather that they were all great. And they, they all went out, you know? That
0: mm-hmm. so. yeah, makes sense. That's smart business move, clearly. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have a question for you. How did, So how did your involvement and what is your involvement with Chapman Guitars? And uh, I know that you have a signature guitar.
2: Yeah, I so I met Rob when the second so ML2, which was the sort of Les Paul shape guitar, the first prototype had landed with Rob. I met him then, so really Chapman had been going like a year or two, and I kind of got involved more or less straight away because back then the ML1, which was the kind of strap shape, mm. um, the headstock was looked just like a telly. Rob was like, we need to redesign this headstock. So I redesigned it, basically. I kind of drew it out on paper, and we redesigned it. And it looks like... It's this one.
3: This one? Oh, yeah, Yeah, that's very nice. That was good.
2: So that used to be rounded like a telly. And the idea was that, oh, we can't do that. So can you you draw it out and try and make it look good, but not the same? So I literally just did a straight line and stopped it. And it looks... We had one made and then yeah, so that became that. And then I guess I was kind of involved in everything from video to design to, um, you know, like when we, a couple of nams ago when we launched, like we overhauled the entire range and we released like 36 guitars that year. Wow. um, That was like three nams ago now. Um, We sat around a big table, a bunch of and we all got to say what we think the new range should be. And so we were, you know, throwing specs out. And I, I think Chapman have always sort of appreciated my um, opinion on what what looks good, what works as a guitar aesthetically. Uh, and also I'm involved in pickup design. So um, in terms of the tone, the tones, the, the specs, the magnet types, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and it's just been an organic thing, really, over the years. Just enjoyed working friends you know like you just mates so Mm you just rob's like what do you think of this like how should we change it and all that kind of stuff and although it's not like an official i'm not an employee of chapman guitars and i never have been but Mm -hmm. i'm more like i guess an official line would be more of a consultant of chapman guitars but that feels too corporate basically (laughs) i'm just a close friend
0: (laughs) Uh, okay that's cool that's cool yeah that's awesome. I mean, you guys are growing. Uh, I think this past Nam, right? You guys were with Victory,
2: Amst? yeah. So we weren't here this year. The last year, we uh, yeah we we shared a booth with Victory two years in a row. Mm. Um, because you know we're close close friends, uh, but things have yeah they they're growing at a different rate as well. So now I think next year there's going to be some cool stuff happening. Quite a, quite a big show for us next year because it marks 10 years of Chapman Guitars. Wow. Um, so I've got a couple of things hopefully coming out. Um, so, yeah, like an affordable version of my signature model as well, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I love being involved with Chapman, like more than just an artist, like with a signature model, which is cool but getting to go to meetings and talk about how to improve the guitars, what new colors and all that. I love it. You know, it's great fun. So.
0: Yeah. its I mean, it's like taking your hobby into uh, a career, right? You know, it's like real, real products that you guys are putting out there. You know, it's not just ideas. It's, it's real stuff and it's exciting when when it hits the shelves I can imagine. Yeah.
2: It is. It's mental when, people are playing your guitar like i see on instagram people tag me in pictures where they've just got my guitar in the post and it's like that's crazy really crazy you know because it's one thing to have it for yourself cool but it's more when you just see people writing material on it and using it and you're like that's mental really i can't get my head around (laughs) it
0: that's awesome it's great stuff
1: we had we had another Top Chat donation here. Uh, Servando Sir, Flores, he says, thank you for being a big inspiration, R- Rubia. Uh, glad I got to meet you in Dallas, torn between getting a Super Kraken or a B50 or a JJ. Ooh. Those, those are hard decisions.
2: They're all fantastic amplifiers. Yeah. I've really... Whenever someone says that to me, I'm like, which one does which one when you play it makes you feel the best?
1: <laughs> that's the perfect way to answer it. Yeah, yep, because you could Cause they're all great amps,
2: you could go and spec, but once if you plug into it and it doesn't make you feel like, oh, yeah, that's the you know, that is the sound, then you shouldn't get it. You should get the one that makes you be like, I'm gonna now for the next 10 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, so, I agree with
0: that. That's cool, um, Dave. J- any... The... Oh, sorry.
2: I was going to say the JJ is the Cantrell signature Friedman, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that's a killer amplifier.
1: And we're coming yeah. out with a little baby
2: one. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. yeah oh, you didn't, at, you didn't hear it? You didn't hear Yeah. No, the,
2: no. the junior it sounds,
1: sounds just like the big one.
0: <laughs>
1: sounds awesome. Yeah,
2: that, that's a bit. That's a beastly amp. We so we did a sound like. Uh, Allison Chains, Jerry Cantrell, and we really wanted to use, but obviously, that you know, we've run a 1500 quid budget, so we're gonna do we do a one called Buy Busting the Bank where we don't have a budget, mm-hmm. so we were like, can't wait to shoot that one because we'll just go and grab a JJ and use that,
0: right? So, what amp did you use for the budget
2: for that one? We used a Marshall because he used to use a JCM 800 mm-hmm. in the day, right? Was it JCM? oh uh,
1: it was modified though,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, but we we took it. We took obviously that's still really expensive. So we took a DSL. I think it was a DSL forty. In fact, you know what? Just so I don't embarrass myself, I'm gonna look and see exactly what we used because. Mm. <laughs> um, no problem. Sound like Alison Chains. Um, and we watched that video as well of his promo on the uh, on the JJ as well at the time and the t- yeah. on that video. That's yeah. A great amp.
0: Uh,
1: oh yeah, it's amazing uh, Let's see Carl Wagoner, Wagoner77 asked me which production 12AX7s do you prefer? Uh, generally speaking, the most reliable, best ones on the market are the Chinese uh, um, Sino 12AX7s the various companies have um, for, for non-microphonic tubes, it's either a JJ or a Tung Sol in the first slots a little different tone. So um, hmm. that's what I use. That's what we use.
2: So okay. it was a Vox AC-15 with a greenback and a Friedman BE overdrive. That's how we got the sound.
1: There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
2: there you go.
0: That's cool. Uh, there were a couple of uh, Super Chats. Uh, yeah, another one's here, yeah. Uh, Eric Johnson gave us a, a, a dollar and... No comment, but thank you, Eric. Uh, Andrew Morgan, uh, Rabia, come back to Japan for a beer. Dave, can you do multi-voltage amps? I moved between too many countries and would love well, APE. Well, they,
1: they are multi-voltage amps. They just need to be rewired. If you're asking if I can put a switch on them, maybe. Um, sure. But they, they do have multiple taps inside, so it can't be done. Hmm.
2: Well, you mean like between 110 and 240, for example?
1: 110, 240, or 220, or depending on where else he's going. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: So you could
0: just put a switch in there that that just...
1: I can do a switch between 120 and 240. That's no problem. Wow. Uh, but it's there's a, also a 100-volt really tap happens. for Japan, and there's also a, um, a 220 tap for a few countries, and...
0: Is that also the way that you they you uh, can lower the voltage if you wanted to add like kind of that variac feature? Is that the same? Well,
1: yeah. If if you had a tap that was, like for instance in the U.S., if you had a a a hundred and fifty volt tap, then if you put it on that, it would be like a variac turned down thirty volts. But that would be a custom transformer that we don't have currently because we don't offer that option. Oh, interesting.
0: Okay. Uh, There's also a $5 uh, uh, super chat, love the show chaps. I think he just means us in general, not Mm -hmm. meaning chappers. Uh, Would love to see Dan Huff or Rick St. Pierre on the show. Yeah, those both would be good. I don't know those guys, but maybe you do, Dave.
1: Yeah, Rick, Rick, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wizard Amps, that would be cool. Dan Huff, I know. Um, That would be great
0: also. We'll have to work on that. Yeah, we can. Um, let's see. I, w- I want to make sure we're approaching your time,
2: Rivia, so I want to make sure. It's all sure. good. Is we, we don't have to be okay. very regimented. Um,
0: someone was, wants to know. Ballpark. What's that? It was just ballparking the time. Oh, I got you. Uh, there was a question for Dave on someone wants you to Wildwood their Runt, I just missed it. Uh, yeah, Tom Dick, Dave, can you give my Runt a 50 the Wildwood treatment?
3: Uh,
0: uh, Email me.
2: What does what does he mean by the Wildwood treatment?
1: Wildwood has another channel or another sound built into their small box amplifier that they offer. Um, it's kind of like our our little saturation circuit we have, and then it has another master so you can kind of match the levels or boost it so it's kind of like a boost
2: oh nice
0: yeah and they also have the the, the, um the pink taco as well the wildwood version Uh uh-huh which is uh, that's what i just got and that that amp that's why i was saying to you Dave, that amp is just sick it it almost seems like a be a be 100 junior you know like um or a be junior because that amp is just amazing the, it's yeah. a pink taco twenty.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but the Wildwood version, they add, they add a fat, a, a switch saturation, a saturation. A fat yeah, a fat switch and a, sh- a saturation switch. So it's almost like a BE one hundred, and and the saturation switch just, you know, just takes it to that next level if you want, really want it, you know. So it's super cool.
2: I remember when I first was, it, oh, it must have been four nams ago now. And I came in with my camera to the Freedman booth, and it was all set up in there. And there was—I think the Phil X head had just come out. Yeah. And we um, just literally just jumped through all the amps. And there's a video of it on YouTube. And I just—I think I was grinning the whole time because not one of them sounded bad. And I was just—I <laughs> <laughs> was just like, this is just all too sick. Um,
0: Especially with that setup.
2: Oh yeah, those the stereo reverb and delay and stuff as well. And it was just monstrous. Crushing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, It's amazing. It has to be said, like, it is cool to be with you guys and also say like you make some killer amplifiers, man. I really appreciate what you do. Well, thank you.
3: Yeah.
1: Again, I don't know what to say also. (laughs) 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 I mean all I all I say when people say that is just thank you.
0: Uh, I try.
2: <laughs>
0: You've got a great ear. I, I think that's, you know, part of it is, you know, some people, they may be great with electronics. They might be great with building an amp, but, you know, to really be able to shape it into the, that tone that makes you smile, like you said, Rubia, <laughs> there's something about that. So, yeah, I agree. The amps are awesome. Um Dave, uh, oh, here's another one. Um, Adam Gothridge, uh, Dave, your personal preference on the Cali with direct or ring mounted pickups.
1: Oh boy! Oh, uh, oh. I don't know. Hmm. can I say like both?
3: <laughs>
1: uh, you know what? You could do both.
3: Right?
1: I don't know. I've ever had two identical ones next to each other. Oh, I could do that test.
3: Hmm.
1: I've never compared yeah. them back-to-back, back, like, really identical, you know, so it's hard to say. I mean, generally speaking, direct-mounted pickups sound uh, sound a bit more alive and a bit more sustaining because of the resonance from the body, I believe, but um, at least that is my experience from the past. Huh. Uh, I haven't
0: haven't haven't beat it recently, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, seems to believe in it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I get the concept. Um, and I, I remember as a young guitar player and a kid, when I was really trying a whole bunch of stuff and listening to a whole bunch of stuff, I'd listen back and forth pretty intently between the two. And I remember preferring the direct mounts but i think both are a sound if the guitar sounds good it sounds good how about that
3: yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. i think. Do chapman guitars, do... guitars
0: are... I was gonna ask what what, what do you think rivia
2: it's, well almost all the chapman guitars are direct mount um just the preference thing you know but then again you know like like dave was just saying if it sounds good it sounds good i mean i that Gibson Les Paul is not direct mount and it sounds fantastic yeah you exactly know, a, a Fender Strat is not a direct mount and it sounds yeah. fantastic so it's like it is what it is <laughs> mm-hmm. you know yep. i think um, maybe there's an argument with humbuckers maybe or pickups maybe because of resonance and stuff and generally the way that I mean, I could be just completely throwing that up in the air, but there is an argument to say that when the, when the output of a pickup is really high, it helps to be connected to the body more. Maybe. But who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Um.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting question from Sean M. Hey Dave, which amp do you sell the most of? which
1: amp do we sell the most of currently it used to be the be 100 okay let's let's leave the runt series out because those are cheaper amps and um (coughs) let's just talk hand-wired amps it used to be the be 100 but when we came out with the be 50 that took over the took over all those sales pretty much (coughs) so it's the be 50. the be 50. and then Mm. actually the small box and the um the small box and the uh, uh, dirty Shirley are generally tied for some, some months or some quarters, one's higher than the other, but then it flips back the other way.
2: Mm. I, I have a, I have a question and also a, a discussion topic, which is I seem to, we were talking about this and we think that the age of a lot of people say the age of your pet is dead or it's dying or it's just, it's just not what it used to be you know, with full stacks and and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I, I appreciate that a percentage of that is people that are touring. It's expensive Mm -hmm. to take that stuff around the world, but I feel like it's going to take a resurgence and I feel like it's going to come back where people really want to feel a hundred Watts cranked right behind you, just glaring on stage. Like,
1: what do you think? I, 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 well, I hope so. Um, (laughs) I do, I do find that there's generally after a while, I, I find people are kind of pushing back against the modelers a bit now. I, at least I see it like, yeah, I did that for a few years and yeah, just, I kind of want to just go back to a tube amp and, and just, you know, it's just, it's just a row of knobs and I, you know, I don't have to, I'm, I'm doing more playing than programming. Yeah. You know? And, and also if you, I've always said, you know, on a, on a gig, if you've got to change something on the fly, it's not really friendly for that, generally speaking. <laughs> EQ menu page. Hold seven. on a minute, guys. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. I got to get to the right page. You yeah. know? <laughs> um. Totally. Uh. It's not very friendly for that. So, and I, no matter what anyone says, when you're standing in front and having the impact of an amp, even if even if it's like a Kemper or something compared to the tube amp. There is a much greater impact in the feel with mm. a tube amp than the there is with anything they're... else. Mm. Now, okay, can you mimic a Kemper or something? Let's say to mimic the sound, yes, and you get it pretty close. Can you put it in a track and maybe it, it maybe it sounds the same? when you're going back and forth, but the feel is really different.
3: Yeah, I down. think
1: all my favorite guitar players. Are dynamic guitar players, so meaning they use their volume knob, they use their pickup selection, they make choices, and all that stuff matters. And with and it only works with a tube amp. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's almost a one level with a modeller. You know, just like roll the volume down down, you're like, oh, it's kind of cleaner, but it doesn't really. It's not giving me the dynamic part of it. Um, and then again, you know, just if we're just talking straight up rock and roll, you know, if we're just talking metal or or hard rock or something, an amp behind you hitting you is better. Period. And also, let's let's talk about feedback. Like mm-hmm. meaning using feedback. Mm. So, uh, using it as a musical tool, you know, and 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 sustain, letting, letting the strings, you know, like break into Cool feedback and stuff. You only get that with an amp. <laughs> you can't. You can't do it with a modeller, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know what? And and in case in point, so I've been working with uh, well, an older guitar player, obviously, but uh, uh, Jakey e. Lee. Yeah. And uh, how does he run his amp? Yeah. On ten. Yeah, it's on, it's on 10. He uses a, a, a plexi channel of a small box amp, or I made him a hundred watt version of it. And that channel he runs on 10. Oh, man. And with through two cabinets. In, in clubs. When you stand there and hear just one trick chunk, you're just like, oh, yeah, That's That's, <laughs> man, does that sound good? <laughs> <laughs> and it really does sound good you know it's, it's, It it just has that impact and he's a very dynamic use volume knob pick lighter pick harder control the feedback kind of thing and it's a wild beast to play
2: scares yeah. scares a lot of younger guitar players i think because it's and, and 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 see i'm totally in the camp of tube amps and i always have been it scares. It may scare younger guitar because it's less forgiving. It's less forgiving. Yeah. Like you, you will hear the mistake if you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that's why you know. With with me, I'm using now these hundred watt Krakens as well because I want the headroom and I want that volume. And I run two in two cabs on stage in stereo because I just want that girth, that that absolute yeah. wall of sound. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, It is one of those things where, like, you know, you feel sometimes like, you know, when you're playing some in some venues because of the way the room sounds, it can almost be so sensitive and dynamic that it's almost cumbersome because you're like, I didn't play because if I if I make a mistake, everyone's going to hear it, you know, because it's so Mm -hmm. microscopic. But it's all the more rewarding when you actually when you when you do play and you get right through it. I I remember was Nam last year or this year where. Played at Anaheim uh, House of Blues, and I remember thinking, that's Nuno just cranking that amplifier. Mm-hmm. You could hear that he was just riffing away, and and it just sounded like an amp turned up on full. That kind of bassy punch that they have, like tube amps yeah. when they crank. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, no I, I, so I call the it the
1: push- wallop. The wallop. Yeah. You hit a low E string, and it just
3: goes smack. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's- yeah. So uh, I have another question, which I'm sure you must have been asked before, which is how do you feel this age of Kemper and Helix and Axe FX when they model, you know, amp designers such as yourself or Marshall or whatever else, you mm-hmm. know, how, how is that? Cause it's almost one of those things. It's like, feels like pirating music, but like you can't. Yes.
0: That's,
1: that's my, you know, what, that's, that's my exact, uh, that's my exact thought like pirating music. I, I don't I don't love it. I, I mean I see the purpose of some of the units and I say you know I can I can you know in certain instances it's a tool and I can I can see that it would be convenient, but I don't really like the idea of them just taking the you know sort of intellectual property from you. You know, um, Yeah. I wish I mean there should be a better way to do it. And, I, of course, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: It shouldn't be. So the first thing of... that... Okay, for being... Oh,
2: go ahead, All I was going to say was one thing that we did with Vi- Victory um, was I created Kemper packs of Victory amps, the whole range. Cool. And yeah. And we sold them because... It's that thing where, like, even with the band, we were like, if someone's going to download a torrent of our album, why don't we provide the torrent because someone's going to do it? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, like with the Kemper stuff, why don't I make Kemper packs so people can buy them directly from us? So at least we're making some money from the fact people are doing it, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I thought about it, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <They're> just contributing <laughs>
0: to the problem.
2: Yeah. You no? Know? Yeah. You're right. It is one of those things when yeah.
0: you do. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's not gonna be like Napster where one day like the industry will shut it down and say,
2: you know. When I mean, no. Metallica goes stop profiling amplifiers.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then
1: yeah, yeah. And then well, case in point, Metallica, speaking of that, when they switched to Axe Effects, is I think their their live tone got horrible. <laughs>
0: when,
1: when did <laughs> that happen? Seeing them with, this has been a been a I while was, now, several years.
2: I remember seeing them with was it like I think there was a line of about seven dual rec full stacks on stage. I remember Aww. that. 2003, when they just brought out St. anger, and I was like, oh. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. At least that sounds better than.
1: It doesn't sound as good anymore, even on a video and on TV, and you're just like, that doesn't sound that great. I, I mean, I can hear it.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean,. Yeah, they
1: go glassy and brittle now is the word someone said
3: yeah.
1: on here. Glassy and brittle.
0: Yeah, and I, I you know, I there's the thing. We've <laughs> talked about it we talked about it before and going back to your original question, uh Rabia, which was um I think you know the Kempers and, and these things can sound really good at lower volumes, but when you turn them up to like stage volumes, something happens to them. You know, and it just doesn't seem to. Yeah, exactly. Although I have a friend who just switched my, my buddy, uh, Jim this, I'll give you a shout out, Jimmy. Um, he just switched to a Kemper. I was like, really? And he, he was using another amp. I won't name the brand. But he, he does a Van Halen tribute. And I was like,
1: wow. You know, but I just like, was... I can't, I can't, I can't look at it and get behind it. I just, I can't. Yeah. I maybe that that's probably my age. But um it just doesn't look cool to me.
2: So. I mean, I have one here in the studio and mm-hmm. I when I'm recording I use it sometimes when I'm shooting a quick demo of something that I don't you sure. know. Yeah. And in that application I think it's really really useful. Um mm-hmm. I with one of the bands that I'm in when we play Frog Leap Studios is the metal covers and stuff we need to yeah. use Heli- we need to use Helix with a shuriken Variax. Now, I couldn't do that gig without that technology because the yeah. tunings of the guitar changes per section of the song. But wherever opportunity to, I will always use a valve amp because that's what, for me, is the one thing live that is the most rewarding thing is when you hit that chord and it makes that sound. And it's such a full, fat sound. And like mm-hmm. we were saying, yeah, it carries in the room, it fills, it's like, it's like a girth, it fills the room. Mm-hmm. In such a way that I remember we were at rehearsal once and Rob brought his uh he brought his Kemper along because we use the powered campers at home and he, he thought, I'm gonna give it a go, you know. So he brings it along he's state power section in them. And uh he loads up like a fifty one fifty profile or whatever and he cranks it through a four twelve and we like I was like, fair, ah, you know, that's it's quite big, so it sounds quite good. And I had my little fifty watt cracking through a two twelve. And I think I put it on like like quarter volume and I just went rung out a card and it was just it filled the entire room. And we just stood and went, yeah, uh, I mean, what, you know, what are you going to say? It just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just looked so deflated. He was like, damn it. All right, I'll go and get my arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: funny. Yeah. Joe actually mentioned also that Rob likes his Kemper.
2: Yeah, that I, I'm not. You know, I would never dare say anything bad about a Kemper, but I think there's a place, and they worked really well in gigs. They were really well in studio, really well in traveling light. You know, but I do think that if you've got, if you're in a, if you're doing a gig where you need big sounds, hard rock sounds, metal sounds, it. I think an amp is just the way to go. You know, but like Dave was saying, like. Um, a lot of modern players have just grown up and cut their teeth using this technology that actually, when you plug them into a valve amp, it exposes a lot of imperfections in the sound almost in what they do, because they are unforgiving. There's so much more clarity and articulation to them. Yeah. You know, I think um, that's what I've noticed at least, you know, absolutely. I, I, I worry that, for the new generation of guitar players that just use modeling and plug in software as good as it is as useful as it is. Yeah. I, I stand by the, the tube amp
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and you plug those guys that have never used it into a tube amp, they don't know what to do with it. They can't, it's like feeding back and it, they just have no idea what to do. So they're lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah.
2: I, which I think we're losing
1: some of the cool, you know, thing about rock and roll was all that
2: so yeah, here and you know, you to control and, and,
1: it. and wild abandon you know and so i don't know
2: i love that. hopefully it comes back right yeah that's what i was saying that's why i want the i want the 100 watt heads to come back i want it to be the i want that to be the most popular thing is when you see someone turn in a direction to get one type of feedback and they the another way, walked to that part of the stage to get another type of feedback. Yeah, they just got to know the sound so well, you know. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. So th- I've seen this question come up many times. Um, so I- I'd like to know your opinion, Dave. I think we've probably touched on it before. Cars and depth said, "If modeling morally question is morally questionable vis-a-vis intellectual property, why was it okay?" For Jim Marshall, copy Leo Fender, who copied the RCA tube manual.
1: Okay, Well, well who said it was okay? I mean, <laughs> just um... did it. Hmm.
2: I mean, it was so long ago; he just did it. No one. Okay, okay,
1: I, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to formulate this. So. There's also a difference between taking a direct copy and producing In other words, Fender comes out with a basement. And if Marshall would have made a 410 basement that looked exactly the same with exactly everything the same, that's a little different than someone taking so- from something and then putting their spin on that something. Um, You could say the same thing about music and people's songs and things. It's this is almost like a a, this is a a digital print of your your tone of your sound that you developed. So it's more of a direct copy. It's
2: it's like taking Lisa and going, "Hey, look at this picture that I made." You know what I mean? Yeah. And going, this is Mona Lisa that I made. Yeah, and it's like from it from a slightly different angle, but it's mine. That's mm-hmm. a tenuous, tenuous. I, way.
1: I understand where you're you're getting with getting at.
0: I, I get. Well, it's a digital copy, right? I mean,
1: you got this picture. Well, it's like well, do you, do you, do you, it's a digital copy. Do you think do you think uh, like motion picture companies are excited about a, a digital boot like copy of their picture? being sold or something no do they go after him for it yeah Mm. (laughs) so that unfortunately yeah
2: but it seems to be like there was a gap somewhere where you you know someone's making profile packs of x y and z amplifiers and then making a living off doing that and somehow that's not a problem and i'm not it's real gray area is, is what it is you know, yeah, yeah, because it's being done, it's being done by everybody that you know has got a got a earning a living from doing like these these yeah. profile packs, but it's like, I don't know, it's there's no law in place. Like, if there was, then it would probably have stopped by now,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think it's okay for like vintage amps. I, I mean, I and I think that's that was probably the, I don't know the guy who created the Kemper, but I think partly behind it was like copy your vintage amps. These are what, you know, yeah, profile yeah, your yeah. vintage amps, you know, these, these classic amps that you can get these great sounds as opposed to, Hey, let me go buy a, a amazing amp for $3,000 and then copy it and then return it.
1: But the, you know, the Kemper two is also a snapshot, which is interesting. So it's right. Mm. It's not like say an Axe FX or a Helix, which is a full, full model of that stuff. I mean, the, the, Oh, there's a fundamental problem I think with the Kemper too is that it is a snapshot. So don't be changing your settings. It's, it, yeah, it,
2: <laughs> because it applies it applies its own gain. Yes, yeah, so it applies
1: its own gain or its own uh, EQ after a certain twist.
2: And the yeah. other thing is that um, what was I going to say? Like, for example, you know, not everybody's ever going to get a chance to play through a Dumble, for example. Like,
3: yeah,
2: and people make profile packs and stuff like that. yeah i mean
1: okay yeah i mean you know
2: these plexes and stuff like that's that's kind of cool
1: too i mean i i
2: i you know
1: yeah like i like i said most of the models it's a tool it's another tool
0: yeah this is an interesting point, also from Rich Stellman. He says, I agree on a level, but what's your opinion on most, almost all builders making S style or T style guitars? I
1: know. We can go down this thing.
3: Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can go down this argument. I, I'm not going to say that I, yeah, I understand. Yeah.
2: <laughs> same thing. It, it's, it's the same thing, though. There was no law in place. Like, I know, you know, I think it's fairly common knowledge that Fender tried to stop that being a thing, didn't they? Yeah. And they couldn't because there's no law in place to say you yeah. can't copy this shape, you know, it's yeah. just, it's the way it unfolded. And for whatever reason, it's just happened that way. So yeah, you could say, what about this? And what about that? But the the reality is yeah. the case. So yeah, at the end of the day, going back to what we were saying, if you like the way a hundred watt valve amp sounds, when it stood behind you going through eight, two 4x12s, then great. And I think that that beats a digital amplifier any day, personally. That's just my opinion. Yep. Um, yeah. But if someone else
0: likes it, that's cool. Whatever but on re- on
2: record, it's hard to tell. You know, like some records, depending on the back. ballad music, yeah, you could say that's a cranked amp in a room. But a lot of modern music, modern metal and modern heavy music in general, you couldn't tell if that was a Kemper or a real amp mic'd up or what. You just couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's all so compressed and gain full of gain.
0: Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's I, I don't know if I could tell. At least not my fifty. Also, or-
1: also though, the, you know, like if you if you the thing with the digital stuff is you start layering layering a bunch of layers. <clears throat> uh in a mix, it changes. It's not doesn't do what a tube amp does. It, it just starts to build up in yeah. all the same muck. Mm.
2: Yeah. That's, I, you know, I know that people now profile uh, an amp with multiple mics and cabs to do for that purpose. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. It just seems like a lot of work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How about go
1: to a studio that's got a few of the amps? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. It's always going to be a point of contention, isn't it? But- yeah.
0: Well, you know, B. A. Mozzie says maybe ant makers should make their own profiles. I mean, there are ant makers that do. I think Fortin has done it. Sir has has done it.
2: Well, we we with Victory, we've done it. You can get Victory ones on the store. It's just something that we figured was better to nip it in the bud at our end and just do it. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I I went and did it. It took me quite a long time, <laughs> but <I> did it.
3: <laughs>
0: well, and, well, not for Kemper, but Dave, you have a Friedman. The Freeman model that was done. We, we le-
1: have yeah, we have yeah, some
0: uh, from UA BrainWorks.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh all, yeah, only know. used on the UA platform. Yeah, we have, and that, those are fantastic.
2: Yeah, in fact, I have that plugin here. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've heard nothing but good stuff about that. Um, let's see. Well, that's really cool news about uh, Jakey Lee. Okay. By the way. Oh, what news? I didn't say anything. Oh, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Joe says he's going to bed. So, good night, Joe. Well, I probably got to get going myself, actually.
1: I okay. I have to do... Um, so, we should probably start wrapping it up here.
3: Yeah. So,
0: sounds like a plan. Um, so, what's next for you, Rabia?
2: What's next for us is... Um, festival season that's next outside of uh, outside of the YouTube related stuff and demos and things I do at home um, festival season I've got a bunch of crazy festivals this year playing download festival Uh, we're playing Wacken Festival Um, a bunch of the big ones with both Frog Leap and Tosca so it's going to be a big year for gigs which is about you know um, yeah just lots of gigging
0: Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, everybody check out Rabir Masad online. Check him out at Anderton's and uh, check out his bands um, and all his stuff. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, so thank cool. you for
2: inviting me. Yeah. I appreciate uh, it. No
0: yeah, it fun. We got to get Rob and uh, Pete on next.
2: Definitely.
0: Yeah, those guys are next. So, But yeah, thank you so much, man. And um, so I, let me let me say who our next uh, guest is. Um, I, if I can remember, um, I took I have a note here. Anyway. Don't ask me. <laughs> uh, Mark
1: has oh, to tell me when are we doing that show again?
0: <laughs> it's actually, I was I sent you a text on it, Dave. I was I didn't hear back from you April 1st or oh, 2nd. you wanted to
1: change them, right? Or they yeah, them?
0: they uh, yeah, because Guthrie Trap has a has a um a conflict for March 25th, so oh. it was either April 1st or 2nd. We're gonna have Chris Van Tassel and Guthrie Trap on, so Chris Van Tassel's is from. J Rocket Audio pedals. first or
1: should be, Rocket, okay. do they
2: do the archer great pedal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: the archer. Yeah, I, I mean either uh
0: yeah. April first, really? Well it's I mean, I don't care. April Fools. Right. April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get some pranks. Um we just Whatever. show up
1: but no one's on the air. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 the this the camera on the empty room. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no show, but just the running yeah. running video. Exactly. Uh that's funny. Um all right. So yeah, that's the next show. And guys, thanks for everybody for joining. And right, we will uh, we'll see you soon. Rabia, just hang on one second while I stop the broadcast.
3: No worries. Cheers, guys. All right. Good night. Good night.